Hi, this is Jessica Valenti, and you are listening to Abortion Every Day. It's not quite a podcast, uh, just an experiment in audio posts uh, that I am doing to make sure that we're talking and thinking about abortion every single day. So today I wanted to talk about an op-ed that ran in the New York Times. Um, It was written by Leah Labresco Sargent, who runs a website for conservative feminists um, and calls herself a former atheist who found Catholicism. Uh, And her piece in the New York Times is about surviving an ectopic pregnancy and the kind of care she got. Uh, And the the op-ed is called, In a Post-Roe World, We Can Avoid Pitting Mothers Against Babies. Um, A a headline that that pissed me off from the get-go. So, you know, I mentioned yesterday that, of course, I absolutely believe in using the kind of language that people want to when they're talking about personal and difficult experiences, right? So when someone talks about their fetus as a baby, I, I think we should respect that and and mirror that. Um, and, and part of what Sargent writes about in this column is how during previous pregnancies that ended in miscarriages, she had healthcare providers talk to her in a way that didn't really honor that. Um, you know, she mentions a, an ultrasound tech, uh, you know, telling her like, that's not a baby, don't call it a baby, uh, things like that, which agreed, that's not okay, right? Like people need to have empathy, especially in sensitive situations like that. And there's nothing harmful or unreasonable about, you know, talking to a woman who's having a miscarriage and saying, you're so sorry that she lost her baby, right? Like, if, if that's the kind of language that, that she is using, that's completely appropriate and, and kind and, and empathetic. Um, but what I did have a major problem with in, in this op-ed, and the fact that it made it past the, the New York Times fact-checking is fucking wild to me, was that she referred to the abortion that she had to remove her ectopic pregnancy as delivering a baby, um, which just, no, no. <laughs> so, so this is what she wrote. Um, and of course, I'll, I'll link it for you all as well. She wrote, from a pro-life perspective, delivering a baby who is ectopic is closer to delivering a baby very prematurely because the mother has life-threatening eclampsia. A baby delivered at 22 weeks may or may not survive. A baby delivered in the first trimester because of an ectopic pregnancy definitely won't survive. But in both cases, a pro-life doctor sees herself as delivering a child who is as much a patient as the mother. Okay, so this this paragraph is doing like a lot of work here, right? Like from a pro-life perspective, delivering a baby or like a a pro-life doctor sees herself as delivering a baby. And I I want to say this carefully. I can understand being anti-abortion and not wanting to call uh, ending your wanted pregnancy abortion. Like I get that emotionally, right? Like I can understand that emotionally but it's absolutely incorrect. Um, And more importantly, publishing something like that, something that is so wrong and so factually incorrect is actually really dangerous. You cannot deliver 
a fertilized egg or embryo that has implanted itself in your fallopian tube, right? You need to take medication to end that pregnancy, possibly have surgery to end that pregnancy. Um, and if it's implanted in scar tissue or on the cervix, you're, you're likely having the same procedure that someone getting like an everyday abortion of a, of a normal pregnancy gets. Um, it's an abortion. It's an abortion. Medically, legally, you're ending a pregnancy. And I think part of what set me off, honestly, was the comparing and uh, ending an ectopic pregnancy to delivering a premature baby um, who may or may not survive. And I think that was personal for me because as someone who had a life-threatening, uh, who had life-threatening preeclampsia uh, and HELP syndrome and who did deliver a baby very, very early and, you know, we were concerned that she wouldn't survive. These are not remotely the same things. But again, what I really can't believe, honestly, is that the New York Times um, fact-checking team let this language stand, right? Like, I think that if it was explicitly said in the piece, if she had written, you know, I'm choosing to call it a delivery because of my personal beliefs, even though no doctor or scientist would or does call it that, like, fine, fine. You're welcome to be wrong so long as you're making clear that this is a lie you are telling yourself instead of framing it as a fact or something that's debatable. Because it's not debatable, right? Like, the truth is very clear here. Um, and, and what I found interesting or irritating uh, is, you know, when I wrote about abortion in the Times for the opinion section last year, I spent so much time um, with the fact checking team, you know, just on on every sentence. But I remember there was like one single line about manual aspiration abortion um, that we went back and forth on back and forth on for I think it was like for hours. So like they usually take this stuff very, very seriously. So I don't really understand what happened here, um, but it is incredibly irresponsible. Now, I think what Sargent is trying to argue in the piece is that because her pregnancy was wanted, it wasn't an abortion, which is a nice rhetorical trick, but it has no basis in reality, right? Like medically or legally. If you need to end a pregnancy, wanted or unwanted, whether it's because of a health emergency or because you just don't want to be a parent, you will legally be considered someone who is having an abortion. And you are someone who will absolutely be impacted by Roe being overturned. And calling it a delivery doesn't change any of that. Like, I can't go to Texas. Sorry for the ding again. I need to learn to like shut my messages off. But I can't go to Texas and have it in a, have an abortion and then tell the cops, actually, that was a wanted pregnancy. I wanted that pregnancy. So it's not an abortion. Um, the doctor just delivered my fetus and it, and it happened not to live. Like, that's fucking ridiculous. And given there is so little education around abortion, like how it's performed, what abortion actually is, it's an error that's not really an error, right? Like, it's a really dangerous decision that was made there. We are living in a country where legislators are arguing that you can re, like re-implant ectopic pregnancies or that women can have remote gynecological exams by swallowing cameras. Um, uh, Americans really are abortion illiterate. 
So the last thing that we need is some asshole reading the New York Times and thinking like, oh, abortion laws aren't going to impact uh, ectopic pregnancies because those people can just deliver the baby. I think um, I actually may have to write a column about this because I just feel like we're in such desperate need for abortion education. We need people to learn like along with sex education, what abortion actually is and how it's performed and all the different things that can happen to a person's body during pregnancy and the way that we medically treat those things. In the meantime, though, like I think that the very least we can expect is that mainstream publications publish the truth and not add to the ignorance that's already there in this country. So, ugh, fuck. I hate this. Like, I hate that I have to do this. And I'm sure I'm going to say this every time I record one of these, but it's so frustrating. And it's so frustrating, frustrating when it's coming from places that should know better. Um, So thank you as always uh, for listening to me rant. I hope that you have been enjoying these audio notes and I will talk to you again tomorrow.